0: Jaguars Digital. Jaguars. Jaguars Digital. Jaguars Drive Time. Brian Sexton, John Osher, Ashlyn Sullivan. Jaguars Drive Time starts right now. Good morning.
1: Happy Tuesday to you. Time for Jags Drive Time on a beautiful sunny day. Starting over the first coast here in Jacksonville. Hope you're with us with a smile on your face this morning as we get set for a half an hour of Jags Drive Time. Hi, I'm Brian Sexton, and this morning we've got lots to talk about starting with the franchise tag. We'll get to that in just a moment. First, my co-host, John Osier, joins us now. Hi, John. Yes, I do. I'm here. I'm ready. How Let's are go. you? Oh,
2: I am I am fantastic, Brian. Really? Oh, I am. It's nice to see you. Well, it's, you have a nice long weekend? Uh, it was good. I, you know, I I mulched yesterday, which, yeah, it's uh. Not always the most pleasant thing in the world, but I'm ready. I'm back.
1: I went to a hardware store yesterday and found that they had sold out all of their mulch. I guess this was the weekend to mulch.
2: Yeah, they had some at Home Depot up on Phillips. Really? So,
1: yeah. yeah, I didn't quite make it there. Oh, well, okay. All right, so everything's mulched. I got it. I'm ready. And you personally are ready to get back to football.
2: Well... I kind of like mulching too. So. Yeah? Well, yes. The,
1: the timeline's starting to pick up now. Next week, uh, you'll be here next week, and then you're off to the Combine.
2: Here uh, Tuesday? Tuesday morning, but I'm not sure what our flight is, so oh, we'll okay. see about Tuesday morning. So you're heading up Tuesday for the Combine. Uh, yeah, because our people, uh, Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone, talk Wednesday. Okay. So uh, we got to get there. Um, so we'll see. In Leave a little words, mystery in terms of drive time next In other week. words,
1: the quiet time is starting to get a little noisier.
2: Yeah, and it's uh it'll as you know, it'll crescendo around the start of free agency. Yeah. And then it gets it's realistically another little bit of a dead period until the draft. There's a lot going on uh, to talk about, but for about 4 or 5 weeks there, it's it's about as dead in terms of activity. As it is in February, but it feels like there's a lot going on because we're all chattering about things we don't know about. Nice use of the word crescendo okay. as we head over across the studios here to Ashlyn Sullivan.
1: Be on notice, Ms. Sullivan, the uh, the good words, the big words, the fancy words are out on this side of the room today. You better have your A game. How are you?
3: I'm good. How are you? John, I'm happy to hear your mulching went well. Well, That's it's a great uh, weekend.
1: I'm not, uh, says I'm not sure I didn't said mulch it at went all. Well. <laughs> Definitely did not I mulch. it went. So. And how was your long weekend?
3: My long weekend was great. I didn't do any mulching, but maybe this weekend I will. (laughs) All right, big thing number one, the tag starts today. Today is the day that the NFL teams start placing franchise tags on their most valuable players. Right now, all we're focused on is Allen Robinson. That is it. Your best offensive weapon. Cannot let him walk through the door. Yesterday night, Jalen Ramsey tweeted, At Jaguars, do the right thing, please, with an Allen Robinson photo. The team wants him back, guys.
1: Well, and certainly they are working on it right now. A brief mm-hmm. history in the Jaguars and the tag. In two thousand, Tony Brackens got it. Uh, uh two thousand uh or three, four, five, I I forget. Um, Donovan Darius got it three right. straight years. And then in eleven, Mercedes Lewis got it, but then he got a deal done, and in twelve Scoby got it. He got a deal done. So the Jaguars have always used this to try to get that deal done, which is what the design of the franchise tag is. It would seem today, knowing that Allen Robinson is in a plumb position. Uh, he is a marquee player mm-hmm. at a marquee position that lacks a market full of marquee-wide right. receivers coming out.
2: There's a number of factors. You always cover your team and sort of get tunnel vision with your team. So during the season, you're thinking, boy, the Jaguars need Allen Robinson back, and boy, he's going to be one of the better free agents on the market. And then when you look... You know, you come up and catch your breath after the season, and then you look at the uh, wide receivers who are available, and you realize, boy, he would be a high, high, high high-priced free agent if he gets out there, because it's really him and Landry. And everybody else after that is, okay, fine, but it's rare to have a number one type guy. Uh, I'm not sure he's a true one in terms of that top five or six, but... A guy who can be your best receiver uh, on on most teams, for him to come available is rare. So I don't think it will happen because I've stated on this show and several others, the cost of letting him go is having to rebuild too much of the foundation of that position. And I don't see how they can do it, even though I think the sides will have trouble meeting on a price Which is why the franchise tag makes sense. See, I think he can be that
1: one. And I go back to 2015, and I get it. A lot of that stuff was in garbage time at the end. But he showed you the big, the jump high and Mm -hmm. catch with the radius. He showed you the 90 yard touchdown. He showed you the speed. Um, And I asked myself, you know, having seen all kinds of different versions of Allen Robinson in 15 and 16, how much better would this team have been with him this year? What kind that's of that's his
2: big negotiating chip? What kind of decides. difference would he have
1: been? And I, I mean, I can go in three or four different game situations: the Jets game in overtime, you're throwing at him, and he probably catches it, and you kick the field goal and win that ball mm-hmm. game. You know, you can go to fourth and fourteen, uh, where you were throwing for D. Westbrook right. in New England. There are so many situations where I think you say you'd be whole, you'd be a completely different
2: offense with that guy to throw to. Well, when I say He's not a one, let me clarify. I don't think he's going to be Julio Jones, A.J. Green-level guy. I think that's where the market – he's the best guy. That's probably the range that they start talking, I would think. Um, I don't think he's that guy. But you can be a very, very good player in this league and not be that guy. The Jaguars, I think, need him to the degree – that his price may go into being that guy that makes sense because they really need him. and Was
0: well, he, he Devontae would, Adams?
2: What's that? Is he Green Bay's Devontae Adams? Is he in that range? Probably. Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, I think the numbers say that he is. Right. And I said one earlier. I probably mean elite top five in the league guy. I I don't know if his pure speed... And pure ability to separate makes him that. But he's so good at so many other things, and he's so valuable to this organization that I don't want to say this like I'm giving him short shrift because I'm not. I think he's really crucial and really good and can be a pro bowler on a lot of seasons. They have to have him. We're going to talk about the salary cap in our next
1: segment, but it's worth noting that the salary cap figure, if he is franchised, is north of $16 million on a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. That's an awful lot of money sure, for a wide receiver who's coming off of the ACL. Now, I think when you see the rehab process, and, and we had it up last week, the, the latest version of the fight is up on Jaguars.com. And it's totally worth going and looking at how he is running and he is jumping. Not that that's all the indicator, but... The ACL isn't the scary injury that it once was. I mean, I know people throw up a red flag and go, well, he's coming off an ACL. But he was a September ACL, not a December ACL. So by the time the season rolls around, he will have had a full year mm-hmm. to get back and get ready to play. So it's not like some of the not like Deshaun Watson and the questions right. that come from him with his November ACL. It
2: also doesn't scare me with A-Rob because of the style of receiver he is. There are certain receivers that completely rely on their quits – Quick, twitch, quickness. Uh, he's really not that guy. He is He's going to use his body. He's going to high point the ball. He is a very good route runner and continuing to get better in that area. So the strengths that he has, he doesn't depend on that knee to be quick twitch and to return that fast as much as some of your receivers would. So I don't think that's going to bother him that much. That wouldn't be what scares me with the Jaguars. The thing that would be what scares me is paying the premium, premium price and wondering if that's what you're getting from him. I wonder what they see him as. They have to have him, but the cost for a long term deal, I think, would be tough to work out in the short term. It doesn't hurt this team to
1: use the cap, or I'm sorry, the tag right now. They've got some flexibility. Right, we could with him let carrying them 16. get to
2: next year when right. they'll have more flexibility. Or
1: get to May and sure. have more time to work it out. It's worth noting that Roosevelt Barnes, who famously was Deion Sanders' agent, is one of those guys, He is he's a top-of-the-market guy now. I mean, he is a tough negotiator. Mm-hmm. And they understand they're in a plumb position. The draft is not filled with premium receivers. Oh, yeah. And so they're doing the smart thing for Allen, which is to... Play this one out yeah. and see how it goes.
2: They hold, except for the ACL, I would think they hold most of the cars in this situation. And again, I don't think the ACL is, that, is as big of a deal in this negotiation as those three letters might indicate. but. Right. What do I know? All
1: right, time for our first break. When we come back in 60 seconds here on Jags Drive Time, we'll talk about the big picture of the salary cap and look forward a little bit to the draft with the combine coming up next week. 60 seconds away from more Jags Drive Time here on a Tuesday morning.
0: What do you call a pack of Jaguars? The Jamboree, the Jacksonville Jaguars want to offer a big thank you to the five local companies who've made the Jaguars Jamboree a party that never stops. Everbank, Baptist Health, DreamFinders Homes, Publix, and U.S. Assure. Each of these partners provides unmatched support and dedication to the team year in and year out and help make game day special. Jaguars fans join the Jamboree and support these companies and all the partners who support the team.
3: Jags fans, experience Everbank Field like never before. Visit jaguars.com slash tours and book a guided behind-the-scenes tour. Hear stories of great plays by Jaguars legends. Get up close and personal with the famous video boards and see why the travel channel named Everbank Field is one of the 15 bucket list destinations for any football fan. Discounts available for children, first responders, and military. Visit jaguars.com slash tours for tickets and details. See you at the bank. Welcome back to Jag's Drive Time on this Tuesday morning. Big thing number two, staying healthy. The focus here is the big picture, keeping that salary cap clean. Now, you know, probably next season, the huge defensive guys, the young guys, Jalen Ramsey, Miles Jack, you're going to want to pay them, and you're going to want to keep them. So franchising tagging Allen Robinson, then having to redo a deal with Blake Bortles, guys, a lot goes into it, and a lot of discussion is going to have to be made.
1: Yeah, if it's February, it's salary cap season, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially as close as we are to the start of free agency. The new league year starts on March 14th, which is about three weeks away. So you don't want to get too technical because people, their eyes start to water over. But it's worth noting, for the first time in years around here now, we're talking about cap correct mechanics. Which because is this good team, you, because it means you've, you've got players. Better. Right. You've got players. And, you know, the juxtaposition is this. It, if you really want to be good, your cap has to be heavy mm-hmm. because it means you've got the quarterback. Right? right. And obviously that's one of the big decisions that we've talked a lot about here on Drive Time. And we'll continue to. But as we talk about Allen Robinson and the cap, and if they – have to use the franchise tag on him. And again, today is the first day that teams can use the salary cap mechanism of a franchise tag between today and the March 14th start of the, uh, the new league year. If they have to do that, it limits them in some other places, especially carrying Blake Bortles' $19 million figure.
2: Well, and let's clarify so people don't get confused. Today's the first day but it's very rare for any action to take place in terms of the franchise tag on the first day, second day. Most likely you will start hearing news on this during the combine. The final day is, is, is March 6th, which I believe is the day after the combine. You'll probably hear more news on this on the 4th, 5th, and 6th. So when people talk about this today, why didn't they franchise A-Rob? Well, there's no reason to do it until the very end because right. you give yourself more time. Um, your eyes do glaze over when you talk about the cap. And and the thing to realize is this. It's going to be much closer this year than it ever has been in the last couple years because they had room to spend crazily in the last couple years. They did that with Malik Jackson, Deshaun Gibson. Everybody knows all the names. This isn't what this is about now. This is about adjusting and making more difficult decisions. It's why you can't bring back a Marquise Lee, or it's why they probably won't bring back a Marquise Lee and Alan Hearns and Alan Robinson, now you can't keep everybody. There is certainly room if you need to carry Blake Bortles and Alan Robinson on one-year deals. You can. It's easier if you don't because you can break down and get a friendlier cap number and extend out over time your guaranteed money uh, prorating the bonuses and all these terms that make the eyes glaze over. You can do it. It becomes tighter, but it's possible to have Blake and A-Rob on one-year deals and do some other things that you want to do. It's just tighter.
1: Pulling back from the eye-glazing, right, the big picture, you got to be careful with your cap now Mm -hmm. because in a matter of two more years, all of a sudden now you're talking about paying Jalen Ramsey, and if anybody thinks Jalen Ramsey is going to get anything less than a blockbuster deal – Start paying attention to what cornerbacks in this league are making. You know, Miles Jack is another young, ascending player. Yannick Ngakwe is coming off a 12-sack season. Now, you can't pay him yet because he's only got two years on his deal. So he's got to get through another year before you you can start working with that. You also can't pay Jalen or Miles. You can't do any of that
2: yet. But after next year, as soon as next year ends, whenever it does, if I'm not mistaken, all three of those guys can be re-upped because they're draft picks and they will have completed their third year. It becomes a big deal then. Now, they, they also, because of the way contracts are structured now, they have a lot of guys, uh, Calais Campbell, Deshaun Gibson. They have guys who are also coming off and are releasable at that point. The question with those guys becomes, is this the time you want to release them? It's more veteran decisions at that point than it is, oh, can we re-sign these guys? They'll be able to re-sign the guys they're talking about, but it'll be at the expense of some of these guys that you're more familiar with, which they plan to when they originally signed. We almost need to do a salary cap seminar. I mean, But, but
1: here's, a, here's something to take into account, a term that you've probably heard, and that's dead money. And every franchise has dead money. That's a guy that you're essentially still paying. Some of his bonus money counts against your cap, and he's not on your roster. So as an example, the Jaguars will probably release Chris Ivory this year, just to mm-hmm. give you an example. He's a $7 million cap figure if – They release him, he's got almost $3 million in dead money, which means he's only $4 million in savings. Follow that, folks. We should probably have a chart to make this one. So what the Jaguars have done over the last couple of years, wisely so, is put as much of the bonus money up front so they don't have to push it out. And in other words, Julius Thomas was almost completely clear of the cap by the time they released him after two years. Jared Odrick was off the cap. All of his bonus money came in the first two years so that he didn't linger and— Create a tight cap. In other words, he's affecting your team, even though he's not even on your team anymore. Probably They've the easiest a, way to differentiate it.
2: That. In the old days, when this team got in a lot of salary oh, cap, trouble. and that's where I'm going with it. It was because the contracts were prorated with signing bonus, and they pushed all that money out into future years. Right now, most of the free agents that have been signed to high-profile deals by this team have been on essentially two year deals. Alan Hearns' deal, for example, when he signed it, got a lot of publicity. It was a four year it was a four year deal worth X. But it was really a two year deal because the team could release him without a penalty. After two years, in other words, he's a seven million million. He's a
1: seven million dollar cap figure this year.
2: Right. And all seven million comes off
1: your cap if you release him. There's no dead money. And that's that's how you want to do it. You want to pay as you go, which has been Dave Caldwell's operating philosophy. But when you've got a quarterback and when you've got a lot of young talent, that becomes a very difficult thing to do. So something that we'll watch and see how the Jaguars manage it. Back across the room now, Big Thing 3 from Ashland.
3: Another big picture Big Thing 3 here, needs versus values. Personally, I'm looking at last season and the needs of this team. Like, Brian, we just talked about it. The difference between those those close losses and a win. New York Jets, Arizona Cardinals, second game against the Tennessee Titans. Now, you're looking on both sides of the ball here, but I think offensively it was who Blake Bortles was throwing to. Like we said, that is a need that needs to be addressed.
1: Core issues here, Ashlyn, and 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 we will talk about need versus value, need versus um, best available player. There's lots of different ways to look at it. But as we get started, I mean, you're going next week to look at the guys at the combine. Uh, what's your operating philosophy overall? And what about when you're drafting twenty ninth? Because it's a little bit different.
2: It's different. Um, I ideally you'd take best available all the time because that's how you build. A quality roster. Um, with this, it, generally speaking, I believe you lean that way during the draft because with exceptions, it's relatively rare to get huge impact-making difference out of your rookies. And you can say, well, uh, look at Leonard Fournette last year. Look at Cam Robinson. Well, Yes, but those guys, especially Cam Robinson, aren't nearly as good in their first year as you expect them to be in your second, third, fourth year. Jalen Ramsey, Unique Ngakwe, Miles Jack. Collectively, I think you'd make a strong argument that they were infinitely better in their second year as they were their first. Jalen Ramsey, maybe the exception, but he's that rare top five exception. Usually they start becoming core guys that truly make you better in your second year. So to draft for need and to think that you're going to get, wow, a mammoth improvement out of your second-round draft pick, you'd like to. But realistically, the reality is those guys are going to form your core going forward after that. So if you're thinking you're going to get short-term boost out of your draft class, it's awesome when you do but rare when you actually find it to the degree that it, wow, this guy made difference in five or six games this year. I am almost always a best available player guy uh, because who doesn't need the best player on the board?
1: And generally speaking, when you get to your draft position, there are two or three guys that you like all clumped very closely together. Coaches and, and scouts like to talk about need and value, and that's where all of a sudden now you've got a couple of choices that you can make. However, here I think... When you look at the Jaguars' defensive roster, it's tough to see guys making it, right? I mean, if there's some guy that's head and shoulders at number 29, defensively, a pass rusher, one of those guys slides down and you just can't pass that up. Mm. Yeah, I get that, right? But in this case, where the offense needs so many contributing areas, right? You need offensive line, you need tight end, you need receiver, you need another running back somewhere Mm -hmm. in the draft. In this case... It becomes more about need, right? You have to go and find guys that can make your roster.
2: Typically, it's very idealistic talking about BAP versus need before the draft. And realistically, it comes down to you approach your spot, you're at number 29, and you've realistically got three or four guys. There's rarely a case where it's, wow, this guy is 100, this guy's a 90, this guy's an 80. It's usually... This guy's a 91.5. This guy's a 91.3. So you take the best available player at your at your area of need for that spot, and then sometimes there'll be a guy who just dazzles you um, that sort of trumps everything. But for the most part, it's grouped, it's grouped, it's grouped, and you and you try to get the best available player. That fits at, a need. At the need B-A-P axis, if you will. It's, axis is almost like crescendo, Brian. it's a You're on top of it today. It's not as many syllables, but it's complex. You're on top of it today. I accede I, I, I to you. You have got the adverbs yeah.
1: and the adjectives working at a high level yeah. today. You're off to a good start. Oh, no, thank you. All right. We'll take a break. When we come back, Ozone Snapshot. We'll see if you can keep it going here on Jag's Drive Time on a Tuesday morning on TuneIn Radio.
3: Jags fans, experience Everbank Field like never before. Visit jaguars.com slash tours and book a guided behind-the-scenes tour. Hear stories of great plays by Jaguars legends. Get up close and personal with the famous video boards and see why the travel channel named Everbank Field is one of the 15 bucket list destinations for any football fan. Discounts available for children, first responders, and military. Visit jaguars.com slash tours for tickets and details. See you at the bank.
0: What do you call a pack of Jaguars? A jamboree. The Jacksonville Jaguars want to offer a big thank you to the five local companies who've made the Jaguars' jamboree a party that never stops. Everbank, Baptist Health, DreamFinders Homes, Publix, and U.S. Assure. Each of these partners provides unmatched support and dedication to the team year in and year out and help make game day special. Jaguars fans, join the jamboree and support these companies and all the partners who support the team.
3: Happy to have you back with us on Jags Drive. I'm here with you with some Ozone snapshots. Let's see if Zone can keep his wittiness going. Tyler from Ashburn, Virginia. Will we be keeping Mercedes Lewis at the starting tight end, or will we replace him? If we replace him, will it be from free agency or from the 2018 NFL draft? Well,
2: there's a lot there. Um, I think he stays, uh, and my guess is it's so tough to talk about starters with tight end because realistically there is a receiving tight end and there's a blocking tight end, and oftentimes you've got uh, two starters, but people only think of it as one starter because there's one high-profile guy catching passes. I think he has a role on this team. I think they like him. I think he's important to the run game. I think they saw that. So I think he stays, although I would be surprised if they don't bring in a rookie tight end to sort of groom as more of your pass catcher, Zach Ertz-type guy. So he's just
1: under a $4 million option for mm-hmm. them. So they've got to pick him up at this point, and they've got it. Um, I, I think it'd be foolish to let him go. I mean, when you look at what he means to the run game, mm-hmm. it, critical isn't— I think you lost a little bit in your wittiness in your, in your adverbs there. I mean, he is vital, but, Right. But, well, criticals three syllables and vitals two. So well, uh, critical. I think you have to use stronger language right. to what he means to the you run went. game. And at his age, at thirty three, I totally get it. You need to have that young Zacherts kind of guy who is there. But he had six touchdowns this last year and is a red zone threat. He mm-hmm. may not be the middle of the field guy. He's not the middle of the field guy that he once was. But he's critical blocking and he's a mismatch in the end zone and for in the red zone. And at four million dollars a year. He's bargain.
2: Yeah, it would be surprising considering this team. It's, I think they'll be a better passing team next year, but they're not going to go away from wanting to run. Right. Uh, if you're, it, if you think you want to run the football, there are a lot of tight ends worse than Mercedes Lewis. Here's the other that position. Here's the other thing. You and how do you replace that? No, you can't.
1: You won't you wouldn't be able to replace that this year, so you stay with it. Also, we talk about him as a run blocker all the time. He's a darn good pass blocker, mm-hmm. too. He's a guy that you can set out there on the edge against a pass rusher and leave him by yeah. himself and allow you to do some different things with your scheme. So, yeah, Mercedes Lewis will be back, and I, I would anticipate a draft choice because when you look right. at the free agent crop, you may go find a guy, here. Virgil Green or somebody that's a second-tier guy, but if you're looking for that young guy, the draft is really where that comes from. What else you got for us, Ashley?
3: All right, last one. Brian from Charlottesville. If Blake Borders were also a free agent quarterback this offseason, off-season how do you think he'd rank, rank in the pecking order? I think he'd probably be second behind Cousins, all things considered.
2: Yeah, and I don't disagree with that. There's a lot of talk right now about A.J. McCann. There's a lot of talk about a lot of guys Um, I think if if Blake was out there, it would be a tight group behind Cousins, and I think he'd be in that conversation. And I think sometimes that gets lost among the, oh, we've got to get better at this position, got to get better at this position. I think the Jaguars, my guess is they're exploring the idea of Cousins. I think when the negotiating window opens, they will be in the conversation. I don't know how extensive that conversation will get as the price goes up, but I think they'll be in it. But if Blake Bortles was out there, he would be a guy who was who's being talked about on the lines of, of uh, McCarran and the other quarterbacks right now. Do you think right he'd behind. get that kind of respect? I, I mean, yes.
1: Perception being reality in, in so many cases in this league, he has been so maligned mm-hmm. for so long. I, I wonder whether or not that would impact his value. I, I can't recall a quarterback being as maligned as he has been. I do. And I think it would surprise people. If Mike but Glennon gets $18 million, I totally get why you think he'd get the money. I totally get it.
2: Right. And maybe not the respect, but he'd get the phone calls. Yeah. well, Which translates to respect, I believe. Well, money translates to respect.
1: And if he's getting paid anywhere near the nineteen that he is uh, on the tag for right now. Right. Which I think he will. I mean, now, considering
2: the quarterback market, uh, it it pretty much starts, if you have a shot at competing, it pretty much starts around $16 $17 million. You know why I like this show today? And I like it, by the way. And it wasn't just your wittiness. I <laughs> mean, Ashlyn added a lot. Let's, uh,
1: absolutely. But if I'm rating the show, we did not dominate the conversation with quarterback for once, which right. is a really easy I thing to do. I snuck it in there at the end.
2: Yeah, but, and, and we'll, probably, plenty of time for that.
1: we'll probably get back to it. In fact, we'll absolutely get back to it. But I would imagine that next week when you get to Indianapolis, it will dominate your stories and conversations, too.
2: That's all it'll be. It's all quarterback all the time at the, the time. combine. All right. Well,
1: and you do that well. That's right. <laughs> the humble John Osier here on a Tuesday morning. Thanks to Ashlyn Sullivan, Joe Fortunato, and Max Ackman punching the show today. Jags Drive Time back next Tuesday at 8.30 live here on Drive, In, uh, Drive Time on TuneIn Radio.